Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome back. This is the Shepherd's Crook Podcast, episode 65. Before we get into the content today, I want to tell you about three things. Number one, the Canon Press giveaway is still going on. There are nine books that I want to get to you, but you have to go sign up at kingsumo.com. You can follow the link on the Shepherd's Crook Twitter or the Shepherd's Crook Facebook page, and then you can sign up, and you can actually see the books that we're giving away. Sign up, share, follow the links, and you just may be the winner. Number two, the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. My wife, Jordan Sparks, the real Jordan Sparks, by the way, and her friend Lexi Sovey have started the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, and it is a really fantastic podcast specifically geared towards pastors' wives and women in general. You're going to find a lot of great content on here. Men, if you listen into this podcast, you're going to be challenged and encouraged as well. And so if you haven't yet followed, subscribed to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, please do that. Check that out. And then the third thing is the intensive. I want to keep reminding you about the Shepherd's Crook intensive. As you get into January, coming up here, finishing the year, and then get into January, and you think about planning your year and looking at conferences to go to, I want to challenge you to consider, at least, coming to the Shepherd's Crook intensive. We're going to have a much larger group this year, but we're going to be going to Eminence, Missouri, and the first night, staying at Circle B Campground, and then going about 50 miles up the Jack's Fork River, and the views on the Jack's Fork River are incredible, especially for the Midwest. I mean, you're talking bluffs a couple hundred feet high, and you're just meandering through this river, and it's beautiful. We'll be in in canoes, and then we'll be camping out on the river night two, and then finishing up the float on day three. And we're going to be talking about the five callings of a pastor, the seven pastoral priorities, and the theme of the conference is the manly pastor. And so the content is going to be driven by considering our masculinity in light of our call into pastoral ministry. How does our masculinity come to bear on the work? Why has he called men to this work? And so I'm very excited about the intensive and want to encourage you to come. It's 175 bucks. You can find out more details at theshepherdscrook.co. This is episode 65 of the podcast, and today I want to talk to you about the qualification of being an elder, the qualification of being the husband of one wife. What does that mean, and what are its implications? Let's pray. Lord, I need wisdom. As always, I need wisdom, and I thank you for every single listener that's out there tuning in right now. I don't know what they're doing. They may be driving to work, driving to school or even just navigating this call into ministry, and just they're just intrigued by what they're hearing. And so, God, I pray you'd clarify what you're doing in their life. And as they consider marriage, being the husband of one wife, God, I pray that you would help them to be the best man, the best husband they can be. If they're single guys, I pray that they would be in preparation for marriage right now, because most likely you're going to call them into that. You're going to gift them with that. And that you would help them just to be a repenter now. That's what they're going to need in marriage. And if they're single and never to be married, that's what they need also. They need repentance. And so help them to just grow as men. And for any ladies that are listening in, just encourage them as well as I'm walking through these qualifications of being an elder. Help them to know what their husbands and what their pastors are called to. I trust God that you're going to lead. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Husband of one wife. Here it is in 1 Timothy 3, verse 2. 
Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife. The husband of one wife. As you know, much ink has been spilled over this passage. What does it mean? Does it mean that the pastor can never have been a divorced man? If he has a divorce in his life when he was in his early 20s, became a Christian in his 30s, and then married again, is that man disqualified from pastoral ministry? I don't think this verse has anything to do with that. What about the one-woman man? Because we have another interpretive option here, which is that he is a one-woman man. And we know that pastors should be one-woman men. That's what they should be. But I think this passage isn't about that at all. I think it's about polygamy. I, I agree. I think it's D.A. Carson that takes this interpretive angle. I think this is simply just saying a husband of one wife not a husband of many wives. Now, why do I say that? Because I've, I've heard it stated that it was not prevalent, polygamy was not pre- prevalent in Roman culture, and it would be odd for this qualification to be in the text for Paul to put this there. But I want to argue back that polygamy was in the Bible, and polygamy was not explicitly condemned in the Old Testament. When you think about the patriarchs, when you think about King David or Solomon, and you consider their lives, there are great things said about them, and God used those men, and they were polygamists. And so I think this passage right here is, even though because God never commanded polygamy in the Old Testament, but it was against his definition of marriage in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. So I think this passage is, it's almost like God putting an end to his passing over of the sin of polygamy, if you will. And I think what, what the challenge is, is that if, if a man's going to be a pastor, he's got to be committed to one woman and not using the, the Old Testament as an argue, argument for polygamy. We've got to go all the way back to Genesis. And this is the kind of marriages we're looking for. And this is the kind of men that we're looking for. A man who is not polygamous and isn't looking for other women. He's not trying to justify his eyes toward another woman by looking into the Old Testament. And so I think this qualification has everything to do with being the husband of one, actually one wife. Polygamy is being explicitly banned. Now, this opens up the door also for this interpretation with single men, because single men are not polygamist. And if the primary concern here has to do with polygamy, then the single man can say, well, I'm not polygamist. And I think that's exactly what Paul was. He fit this criteria as well, because he was not a polygamist. And so I think that that's what we're talking about here. So let's look at married pastors, and I want to speak to single men as well here in a little bit. We are called as the husbands of one wife, not only to be not physical polygamists, but also we are not to be polygamists of mind. And that means we have got to go to war in our mind against the sin of lust. You know, C.S. Lewis has this really good quote about pornography and how a man can have a harem in his mind and ladies worshiping him in his mind, ready to go anytime he wants to go with them. And as a pastor, we are not just to be men who are devoted to one woman physically. We are to be devoted to one woman in our mind as well. It's not enough to just say, I don't look at pornography. We also have to confess and repent of sin of the mind and then go to war with that over the long haul. And that's a battle. I tell you what, I wish the battle with lust was as easy to kick as the battle of pornography. I was looking at pornography for 10 years and God just delivered me from it. But the battle of the mind is so much harder than just getting rid of the computer or being delivered from pornography. If you're looking at pornography, my goodness, just quit. Get rid of all avenues. Stopping looking at pornography is really easy. If you're looking at porn, it's because you want to. 
That's the reality. You don't want to quit. Quit pornography and then start the lifelong battle of lust. <laughs> okay? So, now, married men, Ephesians chapter 5 calls us to a particular love. How are we to love our wives? Well, we love our wives differently than we love every other woman. Because Paul tells us that we are to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Jesus loved everybody, but he didn't love everybody in the same way. I'm not egalitarian, and the Bible is not egalitarian. We want to flatten the Bible out and make sameness everywhere. But Jesus' love is not the same to everybody. And the foundation of husband, the husband's love to a wife is this particular love that Christ has for his bride, the church. And in the same way, with this is particular redemption, by the way, and this is a particular love of God choosing a people and Jesus coming to redeem that people, he loved and gave, up, gave himself up for his wife specifically. And for the man to look at all women and just say, hey, I love all women the exact same way as I love my wife, that's asinine. That's crazy. The foundation for marital love of a man to a woman is the particular love that Jesus has for his bride. And we are to love our wives particularly. That's the foundation. We love her specially, uniquely from all other women. No wife would be honored if the man came to his wife and just said, Hey, honey, I'm going to love you the same exact way as I love everybody else. And I'm going to do for you the exact same things that I'm going to do for everybody else, every other woman. That's crazy. And that's not what Jesus did. And so our foundation is the particular love of Jesus for his bride. We are to know our wives in that way and love them in that way. Particular. We know our wives, and that's our, that's our call, is to continue to grow in that kind of love. We are the husband of one wife and a particular kind of husband of one wife. We are not polygamist in mind or in heart. That's the call. Now, single men, obviously you're not married. How can you prepare for marriage? to not be a polygamist of the mind or the heart. Well, prepare for marriage by repenting right now. Be in the context of a covenant community, a local church, and be in relationships that require repentance and turning back to the finished work of Jesus. So repentance and rest in Christ. When you get into marriage, you're going to bring yourself and your repentant self into marriage or your unrepentant self. And if you walk into marriage expecting her to repent more than you, you're going to have a really terrible marriage, just to be honest. You've got to be prepared for marriage by being a repenter now. And so if you're in seminary, if you're a younger guy, or if you're, just, you're, you're not married yet, God just hasn't brought that woman into your life yet, prepare for her by being a good repenter by the grace of God right now. In conclusion, and to summarize all of this, we are not to be polygamist. We are to be the husband of one wife. Now guys, go and love your wife as Christ has loved you. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.